Welcome to Boot to the Face, Chris Rucker and EJ Reed here on Twitch.tv, powered by FullPressCoverage.com. Go there for all your sporting wants and needs. I don't know if anything to talk about in sports this week. I can't think of anything off the top of my head besides LeBron getting hurt. Uh, Ja Wick. Rolling around town, toting that thing. Oh, oh my God! I was like John Wick. What the John? You said John Wick. Jesus, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I wish I could take credit for it, but they've been John. They've Wick. been flaming. They've been flaming them on the internet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I saw Dez wrote something to him, and a lot of people got something to say about it, but. Go to fullpresscoverage.com and they will give you a preview for the new Jaw Wick movie. Jaw Wick 5, I guess it is. Um, <laughs> hopefully Buddy gets some kind of help. I know He's out, he's out right? For like two or three weeks, he's going to be away from the team? Yeah, I think so. I think, and he got a suspension, like a game or two or something like that. Yeah. Go to Full Press Coverage for all of that. They will gladly talk about all that shit over there. Articles, podcasts, uh, you name it, they got it. Um something's going on with Streamlabs EJ this is info you and nobody else probably gives a fuck about but like our Twitch uh, title it was from a couple of nights you know what I think that might be what it is weekend before last I was up like all hours of the night 
So I started playing WWE 2K. So I was like, well, fuck, I'll stream it on Twitch. Just see if anybody's awake. And I think maybe that login fucked up uh, the Streamlabs login. I might have to do something because every time I've tried to go live on Streamlabs, it won't let me uh, edit the title. And usually I can do that. But we are on. So that's a good thing. I've been playing with the background a little bit. You know, I always wait till the last minute. So background looks a little different. We don't have a scroll, but we're here. How was your weekend, homie? Uh, nothing happened really since the last time we got together. We got together for a little pre-revolution chat. Yeah, we made Just a wager typical. too. Oh, yeah, we did. You keep scoring that? I got the score. Uh, I'm adding it up right now. Let's see. You go ahead and talk about what I think you I, did this I, weekend. I think I lost by like one. Because I, for some reason, I went against the elite. I literally it is what just it is. circled that one. I couldn't believe you did that. I can't believe we both picked the ass boys. I mean, we weren't wrong, though, weren't were we? <laughs> Actually, we might have tied. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five. We tied. Good. Good. That means and it's a the tiebreaker. We pick. We both picked the fucking tiebreaker. <laughs> it's a push, then. Yeah, that's I guess so, no... you got me. Uh, you picked Hangman. I picked Moxley. That's what got you to tie oh. me at the end. But Hold up. Uh, I picked. I picked Hangman, didn't I? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You. That's what. That's what tied it up. You got Hangman, and I got Moxley, which was a surprise to me that that Moxley won. So neither one of us have to buy the other one anything this time. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Um. I can't see who's in there for some reason because again we got we got Admire, we got Lucy Marie, Chaos Theory. Yeah, that's all I see so far. Yeah, but that's, I that's what I'm saying. I'm not seeing the whole the whole list or whatever, but it is yeah, what I can't it is. Shout out list. to everybody in the chat. Um I guess I could just look at the fucking Anyway, uh, I won't be able to participate in the chat now because I just fucking closed it down some kind of way. <laughs> what is happening? There we go. There we go. Uh, shout out to everybody in the chat. EJ, let's talk some pro wrestling. We got a lot of shit going on this past week. We got a lot of notes. So we'll get started wherever you want to, and we will fucking go from there. Start from the top. What you got? What do you mean what I got? Um, let's see. I'm just gonna randomly pick a topic. How about since we since we ended off with revolution predictions, what's your reaction to the whole event? Revolution was good. Um, one thing about AEW, they can they may suck at booking up until the pay per view, but when the pay per view happens, it's always really good. Um. The crowd was really good for AEW. That all that always makes it better too. Like, yeah, they may not be selling out, but the people that go to AEW like AEW, right? So it's always a fun event. Um, top to bottom, I I enjoyed. There was only a couple of matches where I really just kind of like tuned out, but from start to finish, man, it was it was good wrestling. Good. Uh, a lot of young guys went over. You know, I was expecting the older dudes to kind of. Kind of being there, a lot of young guys went over. What about you? How'd you like it? A lot of energy, good pay per view overall. 
like you said, um, they didn't have like the buildup was all over the place. But once they once the bell rings, AEW always delivers. Uh, crowds were up for all the matches. They didn't really have any lows, um, which is a which is a something that Tony Khan should take note of. Uh, keep the paper few cars down. You don't have to have fourteen matches to get the point across. It was only a eight match card. That is a great fucking point. I didn't realize I didn't realize until you just said it that it wasn't a five hour pay per view. That's probably why I enjoyed it so much because normally I fall asleep by the main event. And, that, and that's and I think that helps the crowd stay into it because like at the AEW pay per views you'll have like a a lull like in the middle or right before the main event and then it'll pick back up for the main event. But this time, like they were up for everything. Like they had energy for the, the, the triple threat ladies match. Like you had them going back and forth between Hater and Soho. <laughs> Saray was kind of chopped liver. Yeah. I know she's your favorite. <laughs> and you, you also gotta, uh, if you're Tony Khan, you gotta kind of be able to read the room, right? Like, you know, your audience, you know, Chances are it's mostly adults. There aren't many kids that go to AEW unless they're sitting in the front row and MJF's going to fucking throw alcohol in their face like a bitch. Um, but for the most <laughs> part, it's adults that are getting drunk and tailgating all day. Like I've seen this at three separate AEW, well, AEW slash all in shows, right? All in the biggest fucking indie pay-per-view ever. By the time it started, there was a guy sitting next to me. I still got a picture. I think as a matter of fact, I should take credit for them naming the annual one all out because I posted a picture of the guy fucking knocked out. And I said, he's all out and he's gone. And then the next two pay-per-views I went to at AEW, I found people sleeping because they're so drunk. They're just partying. And by the time 1 a.m. rolls around and it's still fucking wrestling happening, it's like they're tapped out. So I'm glad it was on like a three, three and a half hour pay-per-view and <laughs> Would it be an Iron Man match in the main event? Like I was able to tune out a lot. So I think them being on the West Coast helped too. They were probably out by like eight, nine. Yeah. Which scared me because I thought with them being on the West Coast, they'd be like, fuck, we can go all night. Like these people would be awake till ten o'clock, eleven o'clock. But luckily they weren't. So that's that's a good point. Um let's talk about some of the results of Revolution. Anything surprise you? Anything you think coming out of it? Hopefully, they follow up with tomorrow. Um, nothing was too too shocking now that I think about it. Um, I was shocked by Hangman making Moxley tap out. That I was shocked about just uh, the way he lost. Like I thought they would probably would have went like if he if they're going with the you know he hung him, Hangman hence Hangman. I thought he would have like passed out, but he straight up tapped. I was surprised at that. I think. I think that chain might have been around his neck for real is why he tapped out. <laughs> but, yeah, that might be it. <laughs> I saw that down. shit coming. Like, I hate I hate to say that I saw it coming, but Moxley literally, like, wrapped the chain around his neck while he was, like, running the ropes. And I'm like, what are you doing? And then when the finish came, I was like, oh, yeah, that's what he was doing. But also, I'm like, I didn't understand the rules of this match. I thought it was a last man standing match because the whole, I mean, it was a Texas death match, right? But the whole match, they were trying to, like, count each other out. So when he tapped out at the end, I was like, I don't understand why the match is over right now. But it could have just been me not paying attention when they explained the rules at the beginning. That That's a fair assessment, probably. I think I think they said 
either you win by submission or knockout. I never okay. heard of those rules before, but in a Texas death match, I thought it was just no holes bar or whatever. But they make up whatever they want to, I guess. <laughs> I don't know why this just popped into my head, but you remember back in the day when they do street fights? I don't know if you were watching back then, like Dusty Rhodes. You know, Dusty always wore trunks, but in a street mm. fight, he would come out in like cowboy boots. He'd have a pair mm. of fucking jeans on, like a bandana tied around his knee. I don't know why I used to fucking love that. I guess because it just looked different because you're used to seeing him in wrestling trunks. So when they came out in a street fight and Dusty's got cowboy boots on, I'm like, Dusty about to beat this motherfucker's ass. Of course, Dusty would end up bleeding every fucking way, <laughs> probably losing, <laughs> but... Yeah, I, then uh, then uh, Excalibur mentioned that he was like somebody come out in the classic streetwear denim or something like that. I think he mentioned that, or maybe I'm thinking of something else. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't pay attention to Excalibur that much. I don't, I don't really like Excalibur. But yeah, overall, like I said, overall it was a good event. Any <laughs> other? <laughs> Admire in the chat says I'm high, so this might be a dumb question. Is Hangman Adam Page related to DDP? No. DDP's last name is not Page. His first name is Page, actually. And he spells it with an I. But no, they're not related. They're just uh, two white guys that wear jeans when they wrestle sometimes. Nah, I heard uh, DDP, Hangman, and Ethan Page. I heard they were cousins. <laughs> Soraya used to be in their family, too, but she got, uh, what do you call it when you legally separate from your family? Uh, you get emancipated. Yeah, she got emancipated. She was in, the, she was in their family, too, a couple years ago. You say Soraya was? Yeah. <laughs> that that one flew over my head. <laughs> Her name used to be Paige, I admire. Oh. <laughs> uh, that was a stretch, I guess, you know. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I was a little bit shocked over uh, the elite losing their belt so quickly. But, really? you know, I figure, I figure they're probably going to have uh, Kenny Omega go in a singles run. Have the Bucks interject some more energy into the tag team division. That's definitely a um, a topic that'll be good is the tag team division. And this, like, I think it ain't going to be long before we see Omega and MJF in the same ring. Um, with rumors saying that Omega's leaving after his contract is up. Like, if Khan is smart, he'll get something out of it with MJF versus Omega. Uh, speaking of stuff that's coming out, I, I got two things coming out of Revolution. The first thing, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter need help, obviously, because now it's like three on two. Rebel is a makeup artist. You know, she's not a wrestler anymore. She's a former Impact Knockouts champion, I believe. Right. But she's not a wrestler anymore. She's just there for like comedy. Who do you see stepping up to help them? And I'm going to tell you my idea that I have. So, do you think it's gonna they're gonna they need like two more people or like three more people? I think they're gonna need two more. So this is a perfect way to ease Jade into like the main event picture, have her come up, mm-hmm. and you got uh you got Sheeta. Where where's she been at? You know, last time we saw Sheeta, Paige and fucking Tony Storm were like making her feel stupid, like not picking her for stuff and walking away from her and talking shit to her. So that would, that'd be a loose end that's tied up. But and then my, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know uh, her status. So this is just a, a wild card, like dark horse, uh, Chris Statlander. 
She yeah. might be rehabbing still though. She may be still injured, so we don't know much about her, but that's a good one. I said they need two people because I think what I was about to say and what you were about to say, I'm going to tie them in together. Jade should get involved in this, but she should literally turn her back on AEW and join the Outsiders. She should join fucking Tony Storm, Paige, and all of them. Now, it'll be weird because Jade doesn't really play well with others, right? Like, you saw what happened with the baddies. Like, that's turnkey. But I think Jade joining Soraya and Tony Storm and Ruby and being the first, like, AEW original to turn like they used to do in the NWO, that'd be a way to get her involved with the heavyweight champion. And then maybe they bring in Sheeta. Maybe they bring in Statlander. Or maybe they spend the money and they bring in Mercedes for this storyline. But I have a feeling, like, I don't know why. I, TK hasn't really booked the women well, but I don't know why. But I got a feeling this is going to be a good, a good long, drawn-out storyline with the women. And I'm... I'm I'm hopeful. As long as it ends in blood and guts, I'll be happy. I don't want to see we need it. in blood and guts. I call me sexist. I, do. I don't I'm not I'm not a fan of it. Like that shit with Ty Conti bleeding everywhere, like I I wasn't a fan of it. I don't know I why. I loved it. I don't know why. It, does that make me sexist or does that make me just like chivalrous? Is that chivalrous? Maybe maybe I don't you, like to see a woman makes, in peril. Makes you a little bit sexist. <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> Fuck off! Well, I love man. and I love you when I love I love when uh, Britt Baker and uh, Thunder Rosa when they had yeah, that see, knockdown drag out. See, I didn't mind that one. That one wasn't. Uh, I don't know. It's, I also don't like Moxley bleeding everywhere though. Like, so it's not just women. But I'm I'm not a fan of the blood. Sometimes it's needed. Like, I feel like when it happens and it's not supposed to. It's always better than when they purposely bleed. You know what I mean? Like the Britt Baker thing. She wasn't supposed to get busted open like that. Becky Lynch wasn't supposed to get busted open. I like that kind of stuff. I don't Lesnar, like it when. Go ahead. Lesnar opened up Orton the hard way. I mean, that was on purpose, though. I mean, it still wasn't supposed to happen. Though. Rumor has it Chris Jericho was pissed and tried to fight Brock for that shit. I know. <laughs> He's like, I but beat up I, Goldberg. I could beat up Brock. Let's Brock would have whooped Chris Jericho's ass. I get what you're saying. It happens on accident. Yeah, it it seems like it's it seems like it's it's more meaningful when it's accidental. If you as as a fan, like we don't really know what's accidental and what's not until after, right? When you read all the reports, but it just like when AEW zooming in on Moxley cutting his fucking forehead open. It's like, all right. Whatever. Because he does it every week. He sneezes on him, he bleeds. If he were like to spread it out, it'd make it more special. Yeah. Um, the other thing I got coming out of this is MJF. We, you know, you got to give the guys fucking flowers. Like, he went an hour and seven minutes. He beat Brian Danielson. Nefarious means, by the way. You know, he's still a ne'er do well, but. The guy wrestled. He's fucking. He's all cut up. I don't. I don't know if anybody's noticed, but like, he's in fucking phenomenal shape now. Um, I still like. I'm hot and cold on MJF. Like sometimes I like him. Sometimes I think he's trying too hard. Like the the post game press conference or whatever. Like 
you don't have to cuss so much. You know, just because you can doesn't mean you need to. Like, it, it was more meaningful when Brian Danielson said it than it is when MJF says it, right? But the guy's good, man. He's good in the ring. He said it in the pro- post game. Like, I don't have a group behind me anymore. It's just fucking me. And now here I am, the world champion. And anybody who's anybody would have told you that MJF can't. And, but we've said it on here. Every big match this guy's had, he's fucking performed in. Hey, can't argue against anything you said. Before I get into how good the match was, let's talk back about the blood. They got to teach these AEW kids how to play right. I think they, like, nick arteries or something when they play, because when when MJF had some color, it looked like he accidentally cut something wrong. You see how much he was gushing blood? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I feel like if you're willing to take a fucking razor blade and cut yourself open, like, it is what it is. I wouldn't fucking do it. Yeah, but I'm not an expert. I'm not an industry insider, so I don't know how they're supposed to do it, but yeah. it doesn't look like it's supposed to be that much blood when they do it. I mean, but, Ric Flair back in the day, like, he'd be covered from fucking head to toe. Uh, we know Ric Flair's a maniac. But speaking of Flair, uh, yeah, MJF, man, that's going to be – a match where you look back at him and be like, yeah, this is where he arrived on the scene. It's right. not just a guy who could talk on the mic, a guy who actually could perform in the ring. He went 60 minutes with people that consider the greatest uh, Matt technician and Brian Danielson. And they kept the audience intrigued the entire time. Like uh, even like with, with five, I like how they did it like with five minutes left and they were going back and forth. What was it? They were rolling around doing the submission holes. Yeah. They had a few things in there, but uh People just need to pump the brakes a little. People are like he's the Ric Flair. Like, give the kids some time, man. But it was great though. We're all, you know, wrestling fans are always gonna do comparisons. Like, as soon as you know, Ricky Starks comes out with a fucking open button down shirt and a haircut, they're like, oh, he's trying to be like The Rock. No, he's not. He's from fucking Louisiana. Like, yeah. go to go yeah. to New Orleans. You should find like eighteen Ricky Starks is walking around before you get from stoplight to stoplight. Like. Everybody's not trying, you know, they used to say Stone Cold or Goldberg was trying to be Stone Cold, like when he pumped on the scene. Like yeah, anytime there's even ball. A, yeah, <laughs> even anytime there's any a slight, and don't don't get me started about every time there's like a black person doing something, they compare him to another fucking black person when it has nothing to do with anything. Like people are just lazy with comparisons because he's like, a I heel. Remember, oh, my bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Because he's a heel uh-huh. and he can wrestle. He's Ric Flair. I remember when uh, Booker T first started doing his booking, they were like, oh, they're trying to make him into WCW version of The Rock. Like, Booker T and The Rock were nothing alike. <laughs> right. Or like, look at Wardlow. He started whooping people's ass. What'd they say? Oh, he's a new Goldberg. Or he's fucking Wardlow. I don't see him yeah. doing a spear or a jackhammer. He don't even wear the same kind of tights. They don't even look alike. If anything, he was more like Ryback. True. It's just people being lazy and yeah. not coming up with anything really creative is. as far as comparing people. It's like every time there's a black person not getting pushed in WWE, they're like, put them in the Hurt Business. For what? <laughs> <laughs> they're the new Nation of Domination. The Hurt Business did nothing like the Nation of Domination did. The Nation was literally like out there being racist towards racist people. <laughs> like the Hurt Business, yeah. had, they brought up nothing about race at all. 
They were fucking four really well-dressed, put-together black dudes that all spoke really well. It was nothing like the nation. But, you know, they're black and they're in a group, so it's a nation of domination. Um, Before we move on, what about... uh? Bonus, a bonus thing that came out of AEW Revolution, the return to FTR. You know, we since you've been a part of the show, I don't think we've even talked about FTR, EJ. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, you probably know this from listening, but I'm like hot and cold on FTR. Like it, when they were in WWE, like I couldn't stand them. I didn't get the big deal. My boy Hoop, not JD Hoop, but his brother Mike loves FTR. Um, and you just try to get me on board and then slowly but surely, like in the past like year and a half, I've been like, these dudes are all right. And then Dak started putting on these really good matches and, but I'm still just like, there's still something missing for me, but I was excited to see him come back. Um, I didn't get FTR all the way up until they left the, was it the pinnacle? Like. I wasn't really feeling them in WWE like that. They haven't they had each other shaving each other's backs <laughs> and the Usos playing pranks on them. But yeah, they, they won me over just by going in the ring, being that classic throwback tag team. I think the music change helped them too. They got the A style music and fans just got behind them. Like you said, uh, Dak started putting on some classics in the ring. Dang I was it. there when he, I was there when he faced the Osprey. It was in Kansas City. It was a banger of a match. And I think they need to stay in AEW. I don't think what they're doing now would translate quite well in the WWE. I don't know if you agree with that or not. Um, It's weird, right? Because AEW used to be the land of the tag teams. And you would say, well, if they want to wrestle, they should stay in AEW. But, I mean, they haven't been on TV in months. And... Honestly, like, I don't think Tony Khan likes them. That's just my outside opinion. I don't know shit about shit, but just watching it, I don't think Tony Khan likes them. They're never on TV. They rarely got pushed. They lost in ROH to the Briscoes. Then they turned around and lost to, uh, who was it that beat them in AEW? Was it the Ass Boys that beat them? I think yeah, the Ass think Boys did beat them. The, right? They got beat by the guy. And then they lost to New Japan. It was just like, Two of those three losses were booked by Tony Khan, and then they're just off TV. And if you've heard any snippets of Dax's podcast, like, he doesn't know why. And he's like, I'm a company guy, you know. I'll do whatever the boss tells me to, but we're ready to come back. And they're not back on TV. Now, they were over. Like, the crowd fucking loved them. And this is a a thing that we have with Tony Khan and AEW is the start and stop the hot and cold, the heating up and cooling off. Like when you got to act like that, you fucking stick with it instead of taking them off TV and you bring them back for a pop. Okay. Now what? Mm -mm. We probably aren't hearing the full story. I'm sure some of it has to do with the bad looking to Tony, but I'm thinking like maybe they asked for the time off too. Most recently, maybe, maybe along the way, some of it was bad looking, but and you got to, like you said, their tag team division has been super sketchy the past few months or whatever. So if you got a team like FTR, I can't imagine you purposely keeping them off TV. But I mean, this is the time where you run with them 
I think they're going to try to slowly build this tag team division back. You got them, and it looks like the Bucks are going to be free. But then, like, like we said, heating up and cooling off, you got the acclaimed who's over as fuck, and you take the belts off of them and put them on the ass boys, and then now the acclaimed are just, like, on the back burner now. Like, they had their little run. Now go back over there and, and keep rapping. Like, how do we know? How do we know that though? Yet, they just lost again, and now FTR is out there grabbing the belts. The acclaimed aren't going to be in that match. Clearly, it's going to be FTR versus the Guns. The acclaimed are the back burner now. Well, this is your chance to show that you could have tag teams and uh, storylines that mean something without them having the belt. The great. The track record says it's not going to happen, but this is I your was chance say, to do it. The best predictor of the future is history. This is your chance to do it. Cause think think about it in like WCW, like when the Steiners had the belts, there were other tag teams there. Not everybody could have the belt at once. I mean, yeah, but when you have an an act like the Acclaim that are that over, and your tag team division is struggling, why do you take the belts off of them? And then when another hot tag team comes back, you put them on the back burner. Like he, I feel like if it's not the main event. Tony really doesn't do well. And I hate to just keep playing him because I'm sure there's other people involved. But AEW just doesn't do well with secondary storylines. At one point, they were doing somewhat good with, like, the secondary storylines. When uh, Paige, Adam, not Paige, uh, Kenny Omega, when he had the title, I feel like they had, like, a pretty compelling storyline with the, with the what's the Jericho's first uh, group name? Them versus the Pinnacle. That was pretty good, like side storyline. Until they like overdid it. Yeah. But like you said, historically, they haven't done a good job of doing the secondary storylines. But I think this was a vehicle to get the belts back over to FTR. And like you, like we could listen back to this a couple months later, and I could be like, yeah, record, you're right. If they completely fumbled the ball with the acclaim, but. You just got to watch to see what happens with them. I'm hoping they don't. Like you said, they're one of the most over-tag teams in the company. Mm-hmm. So let's hope they can keep that momentum rolling while they don't have the belts. Uh, Steelman in the chat says FTR should probably be tag champs for a good bit while AEW rebuilds the tag division. Yeah, I mean, if Omega's going back to singles competition, you know, since they lost the trios belts and the Bucks are going to be in, so now you got FTR, you got the Bucks, you got Acclaim. You know, the Lucha Brothers are there because they wrestled on the pre-show. You got the Lucha Brothers. Um, and you got the tag champs, you know, the ass boys. Maybe the tag division's in better hands than we think. We just don't see it yet. But then, by doing that, who who's going to feel with House of Black for the trios titles now? You just took the Bucks away, and I'm just putting the Lucha Bros in there because... We don't know where Pac is. Like, at one point they had the depth where you could have a trios division and a tag team division, but injuries and other stuff like kind of weathered them down. So like, either one division is gonna be hot and the other one's not, and not at the same time, which is kind of unfortunate. So yeah. I think the I think the trios division su- kind of suffered now. I don't know what they do with House of Black now. Unless they might they might circle around and do a rematch with the elite one more time before they move on completely from it. Yeah. Um, before we go to break, I will say this. If you haven't seen the snippet we posted on Twitter, EJ fucking called it in the uh in the main event. 
right before the pre-show, he said, I don't understand why you just don't beat the shit out of somebody and get DQ'd and you trade one fall for two or three. And lo and behold, fucking MJF hit Brian in the nuts, got DQ'd, and then pinned him twice, was going for three. Like, I love when wrestling is like common sense, right? Like, if I'm the champion and I got to fight Brock Lesnar, I'm just going to run and get counted out. Sure, take a count out victory, Brock, but you're not going to beat me. Like, I'll kick him in the nuts, right? Like, Brock didn't want to tap. He kicked him in the nuts. MJF said, you can have this little one fall, and I'm going to beat you two or three times in the next couple seconds. So, good call by you, EJ, and <laughs> hey, that's what happened. Call me Negro Domus. Rest in peace, Paul Mooney. But <laughs> I, predict- <laughs> I predicted it. But yeah, Paul like Mooney I never was so good on Chappelle's <laughs> show. Sorry, <laughs> I never understood like why there's a rule where you get to keep the title with disqualification. That never made sense to me. If, if I was a heel, I just get disqualified every single time. Yeah, it's the championship advantage. The other guy has to pin you. Like I, I agree. That's one of the wrestling rules that I do agree with, though. If you want to win the title, like you got to pin me or make me quit. You can't win because if that's the case, right? Like. Say me and you are friends, and you're going for the title, right? I could just come out in the ring in the middle of the match and slap the shit out of you and get the other guy disqualified, and you win the belt now. Yeah, but the heel could also just disqualify himself every time. Like, yeah, that's the point. So why don't they do it every time, then? They used to when I was a kid because that was why they would be like, all right, Ric Flair, if you get disqualified this time, Sting's the world champion. We're putting that in the fucking... Or it's like a, a lumberjack match or a cage match or something like that. Because the, the heel would always like get DQ'd on purpose. They don't do it as much anymore, though. I know. I know. It's yeah. it's all the work, but still, like, common yeah. sense. Say, like, I just get disqualified every single time. Uh, let's take a break, EJ. And when we come back, we will talk about the happenings on Monday Night Raw last night. Jay Uso made his choice. We will talk about Brock Lesnar deciding I ain't working with Bray Wyatt, which can't really blame him. We got power rankings. We got the boots of the face of the week. We got a lot more on the other side of the break with EJ Reed and Chris Rucker here on Boots of the Face. Stay tuned. Wrong song. The year that you're loving to hate If you fucking with the team You catch a boot to the face Rebound from the boot I hit the Irish whip Don't be mad Cause we know your podcast ain't shit Stop hating motherfucker You know he the man RJ gon' hit you with that ringside rant And them two hard hitters Repping Montreal Godfathers of the crew Making sure we ball If you still wanna hate It's no saving ya You might get beat down On talk of mania Listen to the whole team Across body of work It'll make you realize That you should've been first and me i cause chaos everywhere that i go 80 proof and no less got me ready to throw don't step to the mic unless you want that smoke fpc the whole team is like a knife to your throat yeah
Welcome back, Boots in the Face, EJ Reed, Chris Walker here on Twitch.tv. Brock Lesnar just told WWE, no, I'm not working with Bray Wyatt. That's the rumor. Um, apparently, Brock's way smarter than we give him credit for, EJ. You think so? I wouldn't fucking work with him either if I had the choice. Bray Wyatt's like a black hole of momentum. I mean, his track record hasn't been good these past few main feuds, so. I'm actually I tired can't... of talking about Bray Wyatt. I don't want, you know, I don't even want to talk about him anymore. I let I... You, like whatever you want to say about Brock Lesnar picking to work with Omos over Bray at WrestleMania, you go ahead and say it. I don't want to talk about the motherfucker no more. Uh, I mean, can you blame Brock? Oh, he doesn't want to. He's a like a, he comes off as like a prize fighter, like a, a serious character, even though he's been, you know, more fun loving recently. So, I mean, can you really blame Brock for not wanting to do the hocus pocus black magic type stuff? But I'll say this. Uh. You see that Brock has like seniority to turn it down. I mean, I'm I feel sure, like I'm sure Brock has creative control over who he does and doesn't work with. But unlike Hulk Hogan, he's not gonna say it's WrestleMania. I'm just gonna come in at the last minute and fuck the whole thing up. Fuck Hulk. So by the way, so is since Brock since Brock turned it down. With all due respect to Bobby Lashley, like. Stature wise and like the way their presentation, him and Brock are similar. Is is Bobby Lashley kind of being a, a yes man and Uncle Tom in a little bit? From I wouldn't say Uncle with. Tom. Come on now, don't, don't go Uncle Tom <laughs> on 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 Lashley. I would say there's probably nothing else for him. It was like he he beat Omos last year. He's beat Brock already. That program was over. There probably wasn't anything for him to do. What were they going to put him in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal? Like, it was like, hey, you can have Bray or you can not be on the fucking show. I feel like Bobby has enough cachet where he should have been able to turn this uh, Bray Wyatt stuff down, too. I hear you, right? But Lesnar said no, and now he's working with Omos. Who's not in a program that Lashley could Braun Strowman? Yeah, yeah, that's perfect, perfect place. Is it play though? Yeah, they, I don't think they face each other. Yeah, off of WrestleMania. we've already seen that feud. They haven't not at WrestleMania. Not at WrestleMania. But we've already seen it. Like, and they I don't do, think we've we've never that, seen Lashley versus Bray. I don't want to see it either. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't either. But maybe Lashley thinks he can get something out of it. I don't know. I feel like. I feel like Lashley's got enough to where he can be like, I think this is stupid. I don't want to do it. And, you know, it could be something said for Brock turning it down and Lashley saying, yeah, I'll make chicken salad out of chicken shit. I'm going to do this for y'all now. Later on down the road, like when them titles get split up again, (laughs) I want to be a three-time WWE champion. In a perfect world, that's what they would talk. That's what we think that may have happened behind the scenes, but we don't know until it happens. But right. I mean, they should what they should have done because they just threw this Bray Wyatt out of nowhere. Like you had a history with Braun Strowman. I'm glad you brought him up. 
They could have faced each other at a WrestleMania. You could have finally did the the blow off to Brock and Bobby. And then like, sorry, Omos, you don't deserve to be on this year's card, but you could have them come in, maybe do some shenanigans and get back to Hurt Business in the Brock Lesnar and Lashley match. That's I, how I would have had it gone down. I don't know. I I hear what you're saying about, you know, Lashley could, for all we know, maybe Lashley does have the power to say no, but he said, fuck it. Like, it's WrestleMania. Let's do what we can with it. And it's WrestleMania. For all we know, it could be a fucking, uh, what do they call those matches that Bray does at WrestleMania? Like with Cena and under the uh, cinematic matches? Was a, yeah, cinematic. For all we know, it could be it. one of those. No, that's even worse. Yeah, I guess you're right. Now that I'm thinking <laughs> about it, I don't. I I don't want to see Lashley anywhere around Bray Wyatt. But this is where we are. I tell you what, he wasn't about that Uncle Howdy shit on SmackDown. <laughs> he's he's spine busted yeah. the shit out of that boy. They had to turn the lights out. Lashley's about to fuck him up. Gave him that work, as he should. I'm glad he did that. And then like yeah, like I feel like they're gonna do something. They're gonna try to get cute with it and have Uncle Howdy. Like we were talking about earlier though, at another show, like I don't think they should reveal Uncle Howdy. Yeah. We were actually talking about that in Discord. Um, if you'd like to join the Discord, hit our link tree. Link tree slash boot to the face. Our Discord link is in there where we uh you know, sometimes it's jumping, sometimes it's quiet, but we talk wrestling in there all the time. Usually that's where EJ does his uh live watch along shit and I try to stay up with it on Twitter, but the Discord's a lot of fun. Um, Steelman in the chat says Lashley's better for it just because he technically won the feud against Brock. If Brock said yeah to Wyatt, then they would have put him over Bobby at the chamber. Yeah, I, I guess that makes Wyatt, sense. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think Wyatt like fit in this this whole situation with these two. I feel like booking two days of wrestle like, and this is where I'm gonna be a hypocrite because I'm saying on one hand. Tony Khan can't book more than one thing at a time in each division, but you're also booking two days of WrestleMania. Like everything's not going to be the bloodline, right? Like you, you brought back Trish and Lita and they got absolutely zero reaction last night on Monday night raw because this story sucks. So I don't think, I don't think everything's going to be a home run. Also it's WrestleMania. It's more of a, you're going to have your Roman versus Cody's. You're going to have your Finn versus Edge. You're going to have your Charlottes and Rias and your Biancas and Oscars, right? Your Usos and KO and Sammy. You're going to have your really good matches, and then you're going to have the fluff that tries to get the casual fan to become a hardcore fan. And I think that's what Brock versus Omos and Lashley versus Bray is. But we just don't like the way they got there. But I think there is a method to the madness because... At WrestleMania, you have to have that kind of shit. I just hope we know the um, we know the Omos and Brock is gonna be like three minutes. I'm just hoping that it's Bray Bobby matches and you know overdrawn and long and drawn out. I mean, I don't think Bray can go that long, so probably can't. <laughs> yeah, that's just that's just my take on it. Um, let's go ahead and do our power rankings, EJ, and then oh, we'll talk about. We'll talk about Jay Uso. We'll end the show with Jay Uso and John Cena. I guess I'll go first since 
I think you went first last time. I wrote I mine down this time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's two I, weeks in a row, you're on the road. Yeah, buddy. Um, I do have a couple. I don't do honorable mentions, but this week I am. I got a couple of honorable mentions. I have Mr. Jay Uso, and we're going to talk about it a little bit, just from him coming out of the shadows and picking a side. I also have Mr. Powerhouse Will Hobbs mm. for winning that. He won that uh, ladder match, and then he also had a squash match for Rampage, and it looks like he's going to get that title shot. I don't know if it's tomorrow or yeah, maybe I think it's tomorrow. The way, they've, the way they've put it is tomorrow. Which it doesn't look like he's going to win now Now that Warlord. But maybe maybe it'll surprise us. But those are my honorable mentions. And my number five, I have Bullet Club, the new – Impact World Tag Team Champions. Uh, they got a win over uh, Motor City Machine Guns in a great match. I mean, some people don't get the chance to look at Impact, but if you get a chance to, if you have some extra time, make sure to check out Impact. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about time that Motor City Machine Guns uh, dropped the belts. Like They're already solidified, so I'm glad they gave the younger team the rub. And... Uh, What's your number five pick? It's funny. You know, you said on here multiple times how we have similar things that we're picking and we don't talk about it beforehand. True. So I'll take you behind the scenes. On Tuesdays, I'll send EJ a topic list like power rankings, boot to the face of the week. Like we're going to talk about this and that. And then he'll send me what he wants to talk about. But as far as what we pick, we don't send one another. We've never done honorable mentions. <laughs> I did one too this week. <laughs> That's funny. Um, my honorable mention was the fans this week, and I tweeted about it earlier. I think the crowd made Monday Night Raw and AEW Revolution so so enjoyable watching, just because of the way they acted. Um, certain things that happened last night on Raw, certain things that happened at AEW Revolution. When the crowd is there to enjoy the show and buy in and not try to get over and throw beach balls and chant what and do stupid shit, it's always so much more fun. When you just when you just go there as a fan instead of a fucking critic that likes to talk about everything, the crowd's just more fun. So shout out to the fans of both those two shows. I, I gotta I gotta push back that on that a little bit though. Uh, on Raw they were fantastic through like all of the interviewing the promo segments, but they were like, they were pretty dead during the matches for some reason. But if they're at least uh, energetic for the promos, I'll take that. But yeah. I wonder yeah. if it's like something going on with the triple H area uh, era. You think they might be manipulating the sound a little bit because I mean, they've you know, always I, manipulated the sound, but I, I don't. Okay. The last five minutes of raw last night, there was no manipulation needed. I think that was all real. Not with the chairs, but like with the, you know, my pet peeve of WWE's what chance. But since Triple H took over, like you, you don't hear the what chance like a lot at all uh, anymore. It might be cadence with the people's promo. Like, no, because, got- because last night at the very beginning of the Raw, when the Bloodline showed up and Paul Heyman was talking, there was what chance. Yeah. So, like, well, you probably just answered it. I don't think it might be, it might not be manipulation. I think it might be the cadence of how they're doing their promos now. Yeah. I mean, you can stop the war chance by how you talk. 
if you, that's what I'm saying. What? Stop every couple seconds. <laughs> yes. What? Exactly. And you talk like this. What? And the crowd fucking does it. But if you just keep on talking and you talk through it after the first four or five times these motherfuckers chant what and you don't stop, they're like, oh shit, never mind then. I guess we're not doing that. I like, think I think somebody in the back is coaching them because I've noticed that you know the wrestlers have been yeah. like stringing their sentences along better so they don't get stopped by the stupid people that try to take over. But yeah, the crowd energy overall, besides like during some of the matches on Raw, was up and maybe because it's WrestleMania season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, my number I, five, I same as yours, Bullet Club. Chris Bay, Ace Austin, Impact World Tag Team Champions. Their finishing move is really dope. Uh, the little combination that they do, I really like that. And I've been meaning to talk about Impact for a couple weeks, and I know we're in the middle of power ranking, so I won't go into it. But Impact has been really good lately. Really good. Like, they've got some dumb shit on there. Like, this week, uh, Giselle Shaw came out, and she told Mickey James, I want a title shot. So Mickey was like, cool. And she goes, but I don't want it right now. And Mickey's like, no, you wanted a title shot. Like, I'm going to give you a title shot. And she's like, no, whenever you and Jordan are done, I want a title shot. And then Gail Kim comes out, and she's like, Giselle Shaw, you always talking shit. You're getting a title shot. Like, why are we rewarding somebody that doesn't want a title shot with the title shot? <laughs> like, that makes zero sense. But besides that, like, the women's division is really good there. The tag team division is really good there. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of their world champion. I'm not the biggest fan of, like, Sammy Callahan and shit like that. But for the most part, like, Josh Alexander is the longest reigning, you know, impact champion. And that's crazy to think about. <laughs> and now he's going up against uh, Steve Macklin, like mm. trash. But <laughs> I can keep that match. Yeah, um, now it's like imagine you're the longest reigning Impact champion and you lose the fucking belt to Steve Macklin. But I know I just shit on him for like thirty seconds. But Impact's been really good. Like I watch Impact on uh, Saturday mornings on my phone. I get when I get caught up on wrestling. Impact's in my rotation now, and I'm digging it. They they need, they could keep the bully whatever's going on with Bully Ray too get him off my screen but yeah, yeah I'm hoping Impact will get off access and maybe they could get a bigger platform like yeah. what's going on with Viacom companies I'm surprised they haven't been able to maybe negotiate something with that but yeah I don't know but in the middle of the power rankings we're here to tell y'all to watch Impact my number four is the winner of the ladder match uh, he'll be having a TNT championship match tomorrow night. And that's the guy, Will Hobbs. I like Hobbs. I like Hobbs a lot. Um, Another guy they keep starting and stopping with. He's over as hell. Uh, all these little vignettes they were doing with him are really good. The The book of Hobbs, chapter Hobbs, whatever the hell he calls it. Um, They're really good. He's good in the ring. He's a fucking powerhouse. Literally, that's his fucking name. Um, him and Wardlow, like, you know me, I'm here for that. I love me a fucking heavyweight match with two big motherfuckers just beating the shit out of each other. Uh, like Big E say, I don't, I don't, I don't need your five stars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need your work rate. I need just two big motherfuckers beating the shit out of each other. Big meaty men slapping me. Yeah, I'm fucking here for it. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they swerve us and maybe they'll put the strap on Hobbs because mm-hmm. I feel like if he loses the Warlord, it, 
they're gonna start stop them again. Let's hope not. Um, that was your number four pick. Yeah, my number four pick I have, and still your AEW women's champion Jamie Hader. Good hey, match with uh her and Ruby and Pay. Pa- uh, I was about to say Paige, Soraya. I know you don't like Soraya, but it was it was a good match. Is there any part of the match in particular that you didn't like Soraya? Any spots with Soraya that you didn't like this match? You know, I you know I I come on here every week and I shit on her, so I will say this: this was the best she's looked since she's been in AEW. She had to knock the rust off a little bit. Like I said, like I said, she sucked in WWE too. But this is the best she's looked in AEW. So I'm not gonna. I'm even though I just kind of did. I'm not gonna shit on her this week. I'm just gonna say this was her best outing in AEW, and we'll leave it at that. She still sucks, but we'll leave it at that. Like I said, I haven't seen a lot of her wrestling in WWE, and maybe she's trying to check check the rust off. So I don't want to form a full opinion on what I believe she is as a talent until let me give her a few more months. I do like the new logo. She posted those NWO like, Oh yeah, I did see that. I'm surprised that WWE don't sue their ass. Why? I mean, fuck WWE got to sue us too. We got a boot to the face logo. That's NWO. (laughs) That's that's, that's little. uh, We're not, uh, everybody does the NWO logo though. Like every fucking podcast out there probably has an NWO logo. We were the first ones to do it, but whatever. Um, I like that they're they're mixing NWO with DX, too. I don't know if you caught the little, like, they got the NWO logo, but it's in the DX fucking neon green. Mm, I didn't see that. Back in the day, I had a glow-in-the-dark NWO white and black shirt, and it kind of, like, was a little neon when they cut the lights off. I think my blanket that I have glows in the dark. The WCW NWO blanket I got, mm-hmm. um, I think it glows in the dark. So on one side it just says WCW NWO logos on it, and on the other side it's actually like the Macho Man and Sting and Hogan and all of them. I don't like to show the other side though because the Mortal Racist is on there. Yeah, you might as well burn that other side. I'm not burning it. I've had that fucking blanket for 25 years, EJ. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Stitch something over his face or something. <laughs> I, you know what? I think that may be the thing I've owned the longest in my life is that blanket. Uh, no, I think I got the dresser that I had when I was in, like a freshman in high school still. Reminiscing on old high school items. Yeah. Uh, my my uh, my number three pick, we talked about this a little bit earlier. I got the House of Black, the mm-hmm. new trios champion. That was probably one of the matches of the night. Yeah. Just that's all you can only expect from those pay trios. But like we said earlier, I don't I don't know where you go with the House of Black going forward. Like when you bring back Dark Order, <laughs> that'll be a banger. And I'm being sarcastic. But yeah, I don't know who you who you feel with House of Black. They've been kind of building them up as like unbeatable since they've since they've returned. So I'm going to we do the boot to the face of the week. It wasn't a boot to the face. It was a knee to the face. But Buddy fucking hitting Nick Jackson when he was going for the Meltzer driver like flip thing <laughs> was so fucking Man. cold. That was so cold. That was it. That's the boot to the face of the week. He, Jesus. 
Yeah. Buddy, Buddy Murphy, man. He's so good in the ring, but I don't know if you how you would like promote him as a singles wrestler because he's good, man. Yeah, he's clapping them Rhea cakes too. Oh, that's who he goes out with? I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah, they've been together for a while now. Good for you, buddy. Mm-hmm. What, what you got next? Uh, my number three, your AEW Women's World Heavyweight Champion. Haters gonna hate. Jamie Hayter wins the triple threat match. A really good match. Um, And she's the first woman in a while to fucking defend the title on pay-per-view without losing. I know Thunder Rosa had it for a while, but she didn't really defend it. And the first defense that Tony Storm had on pay-per-view, she lost it. So, shout out to Jamie Hayter. She's went three months as your AEW Women's World Heavyweight Champion. Um, I don't see who's going to take it off of her. And she's really good, too. Like, low-key, like, Jamie Hayter is like a a hard-hitting women's wrestler. Like, the shit she does is just like, that little clothesline she does. Oh, my God. I love that shit. Um and she's a really good seller too. Like she can take an ass whooping and make you think that she's really getting fucked up. So shout out to Jamie Hader. Give her all the fucking flowers. Uh, my number two hadn't wrestled a match since I don't know mid January maybe February. What month are we in March? Mid February. Mm-hmm. But the kick her around the world, Jay Uso. Whew. That's it. I'm just gonna say Jake. We're gonna talk about <laughs> yeah, it in a minute. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get in that a little bit. Um, where, where am I at? Number two. I got your uh, new TNT champion. I got Mr. Wardlow. Got the belt back from Joe. That was probably my least favorite match of the night. But mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't even it watch did it. what it it did what it needed to do. Wardlow's the champion now. I think Joe probably go back and do some Ring of Honor stuff, I guess, now that they just launched their show this past Thursday. And I'm interested to see where they go with Warlow now that they got this match with him and Hobbs. Like, it's kind of a crossroads moment for both of them coming into this match. Like, because I feel like whoever loses is going to go back into obscurity, kind of. <laughs> so I'm curious to see how that turns out. And my number one... It's Mr. Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF. 60-minute Ironman match. Went toe-to-toe with Mr. Brian Danielson. Showed everybody that he could actually he could go in the ring. People, I don't know why people doubted him, because like you said, he's always put on good matches. But this kind of solidifies like his title, his title win. It well, it validates his title win. Like, the show, like, I'm just not a guy who could talk. I actually go. So that's why I have my number one pick. Same. I got MJF as number one. Uh, you can't you can't have a 60-minute Ironman match as the world heavyweight champion against Brian Danielson and win and not be number one on anybody's power rankings that watches wrestling. I don't give a fuck how you feel about MJF. Um, he showed his ass. Now, he's kind of a cocksucker for throwing the drinking little kid's face that was just sitting there. And I, I'm I'm really sick of all these fucking wrestling fans. Oh, back in my day, Hills did shit like that all the time. No, the fuck they didn't. You leave kids alone. The kids are just there trying to enjoy the fucking show. And that's the only thing I don't like about MJF is sometimes he just takes stuff just a little too far. Like, I get it. You're trying to be a heel. 
healing adults. A little kid, that's off limits. And I don't want to hear the, oh, kids are punks these days, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up. Because if it was your kid, you'd be pissed. If that would have been my mom, that would have been disqualification on Brian Danielson. She'd have beaten MJF's ass. You know what I say? F them kids. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Oh, man. Uh, well, it's coming from a guy who doesn't have any kids. Maybe I can't empathize, but I mean, you kind of assume the risk, even though it was a dick move. But I did. What, I did what like, risk, though? He, His mom bought him a, a ticket to go watch wrestling. He's not there to be a part of the show. He's there to watch it. Uh, like, like, if you, I saw this a lot, too. Like, that kid should have known what was going to happen. It's MJF. He didn't go to a meet and greet. You know, he didn't pay money to go see MJF somewhere. He paid to watch his mom paid for them to go sit there and watch the show, not be a part of it. I think that's fucked up. Now, if you go to a meet and greet and you take your kid up to it as a parent, you're at fault because you know how MJF is. This was a completely different thing than that. MJF was a cocksucker for that. And that's why Tony Khan and everybody bent over backwards to try to make it right. Gave the kids dynamite tickets. He got to meet Will Hobbs. Like the whole nine, but he's a cocksucker. Anybody agreeing with him? Suck my dick. You're wrong. MJF was an asshole for that. He, he that's was what, a heel. You know what else they used to do in wrestling back in the day, EJ? They used to try to stab the wrestlers. They slashed their fucking tires outside. They pulled guns on them. We really want to go to back in the day? But even though it was a dick move, I liked how they compensated the kid afterwards. I mean, MJF, that's MJF for you. <laughs> Steelman says, I bet the kids watching back over and over again because he was part of the show. I would want that if I was a kid. It all depends. Like, yeah, if, I've told a story was, on if, here. Is the, Go is the kid upset? Is the kid upset? I don't know. I never followed up with He it. seemed it was, like he was, and that was why they, uh, I mean, it was also vodka that MJF threw in his fucking face. So he's like burning his eyes and shit. Vodka and tequila, I can't remember. It wasn't water. It was an alcoholic drink. Mm, yeah, MJF may want to chill with that. He didn't want to get a lawsuit on his hand. Um, we also could all be getting work too. Like the way the kid was sitting there with a hoodie on, like I think that looked kind of suspicious. Like he didn't look like he was into the show. He was just kind of sitting there, like looking the other way. But that's just me being cynical. Yeah. He um, might have been a plant. He might have been a plant. Yeah. But like what Steelman said in the chat. The kid's probably watching it over and over again. You know what I would love to have? A copy of Steve Austin cussing me out when I was like seven years old. When I was, him and Dustin Rhodes were fighting for the TV TV championship at the Kemper Arena when I was a kid. Steve Austin's coming out with his little robe on. Dustin fucking jumps him from the back. They throwing hands and the belt falls right next to me. And this is when they had the little steel guardrails. It wasn't like a covered black guardrail. It was like little steel shit. And I'm reaching my hand through and I'm trying to grab the fucking TV title. It's right there. Steve Austin turns around and says, what are you doing, you little motherfucker? And I was like, ever since then, I've been a Steve Austin fan. (laughs) This is before you stone cold as well. Yeah, he had a little blonde hair. This is. This is, he wasn't even U.S. champion yet. He was feuding over the TV title with Dustin Rhodes. And me and my cousins were like, he called you a motherfucker. I was like, I know. I heard it. That's different than getting vodka thrown in my eyes. Though. What, like, what was your reaction years down the year, down the road years later when you finally see him transferring to 
Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, like, to me, those are two different people. And to most people, like, I don't look at them and be like, oh, that's the guy that cussed me out that had blonde hair. Like, Stone Cold and Stunning Steve Austin are two different fucking people. Like, it, it, it's not the same at all. I don't think there's ever been a transformation like that in wrestling. Mm. I'm sure we could think of something. I mean, you got look at stunning Steve Austin. He was billed from being from Hollywood, California. He came out with Ric Flair robes on. He had long, fucking luscious blonde hair, right? His move was a stun gun where he'd pick you up and drop you across the top of the ropes and pin you. And then he went from that. He had bright fucking tights and shit on, bright boots. He went from that to wearing all black trunks, all black boots, shaving his fucking head and driving the truck being a redneck. Yeah, there hasn't been a transfer, a transformation like that from like middle of the car to like up to the top. I agree with that. But there has been like overhaul of gimmicks. One of your favorite wrestlers of all time used to come out with beach bar hair as a surfer. Yeah, that's a good one too. I struggle with trying to pick which thing was my favorite. Like, depends on when you when you ask me. Like. Joker Sting, sometimes my favorite. Main Event Mafia Sting and Impact was my favorite. Surfer Sting, like, I don't think gets enough credit. That's what got me into wrestling. And then the Crow Sting. The Crow (laughs) Sting is the most fucking over wrestler in the history of WCW. I was going to say Old Man Strength Sting in AEW. Yeah. I was listening to Busted Open today, and they were talking about entrance music. And one of my biggest pet peeves is doing a run-in and your entrance music playing first. And Bully Ray, your boy, was saying, if you think you're over, come out to the ring with no entrance music. And the first thing I thought about was Sting coming out versus the NWO all the time. You never knew where he was coming from. He would come up through the ring. He would come down from the rafters. He would walk through the crowd. Sting didn't have entrance music for fucking two years. And it was the loudest reactions you've ever fucking heard. Um, Admire says Scott Steiner's transformation from mullet college wrestler to huge muscles and attitude. Scott was always yeah. buff, though. Like, you yeah. go back and look at the Steiners, like, Scott was always a big motherfucker, but. He was big, but he wasn't. He wasn't big Papa Pump big. Yeah, you could tell he had a little bit of extra boost. But, yeah, he looked like a. In the face, like a whole completely different person once he grew up the goatee and cut the hair. Yeah. I agree with that. Big Papa Pump in fucking WCW was so good, too. Oh, my God. Him and Goldberg, he whooped Goldberg's ass. I can't even remember that. Late, You know, late WCW gets shit on a lot, but they tried their best to, like, push young. They were pushing Booker T. They were pushing Scott Steiner. Jeff Jarrett, of course, was in there. Uh, they tried to push Billy Kidman. Like, they were trying to go younger in old WCW. Just, you had fucking Hogan and Bischoff still fucking everything like, up. I, I was a WCW fan before I started watching WWF at the time. But after Russo took over, I, I was still watched, but it was just too hard to keep track of. Like, yeah, I couldn't that tell New you. Blood versus the yeah. <laughs> Millionaire's <laughs> Club or whatever. Like, yeah, that was trash. It was just too hard to keep up with. 
So that's the one. That's maybe something I'll do if I have some free time. Go back and look at that era to see if there's anything good that I could take from it. <laughs> you know, before the network uh, went under and they sold it to Peacock, me and Marty went back because Marty never watched WCW, and we were watching episode one on through. Um, that might be something we could do. We could go start at like the start of the Russo era and just start watch an episode maybe and talk about it for 10 minutes or whatever. I wouldn't be mad at that. I like watching old, old wrestling. Like when I say old, I mean like the nineties, not fucking Bruno San Martino. <laughs> we get, we could start from like the finger poke of doom and then go forward. Oh Jesus. <laughs> <sighs> Fuck that guy. Um, what do we have? Jay Uso shows up on Monday night raw last night, unannounced, Sami Zayn versus Jimmy Uso. And if you didn't see it, I'll walk you through it. Jay and Jimmy are twins. (laughs) If you're watching this show, you probably know about this. Jay Uso comes out. He stands up on the announce table. He's cheering for somebody. Sami Zayn gets the win. Jay walks in the ring. Emotional, you know, with his twin brother. Walks by his twin brother. Goes outside and hugs Sami Zayn. And the crowd loses their fucking mind. They throw up the ones. You can hear. One thing I really like about the Bloodline storyline. And Roman started this a while ago. Is they do a lot of talking off the microphone. But you can still hear. Right. You can hear Sami Zayn going. It's not too late Jimmy. You can come join us. Like it ain't too late. Like it's me and your brother. And Jimmy's down on one knee like. Roman's going to fucking kill me. And then bam. Super kick. And then the ass whooping is on. What did you think about the angle last night? The run in with Cody. Again. I hate playing their entrance music before they run in. I fucking despise it. If you got time to stop by and tell the guy to hit your music. You don't give a fuck about your fucking friend. Or whoever you're coming to help. You remember Jeff Hardy did a run in when his brother was getting his ass whooped and he's fucking <laughs> dancing. <in the> fucking <laughs> I think this was his like uh was this, this his first appearance in AEW? Yeah, he comes out, he's Matt's getting his ass whooped like for a good ten minutes. And Jeff comes out and he's fucking twerking and shit like that. <laughs> Get your ass in the ring. I'm just not a fan of the entrance music first, but tell me how you felt about the angle last night, the crowd reaction. Is this where you thought it would go? Um, give me your feelings on it. We were all just waiting for it to happen, and I like the execution of it. They, had, they kind of sucked you in, made you believe that you know he was siding with Sammy, and then they pulled the rug from underneath everybody and did the super kick. And I like how Jay was talking to... Sammy after he's mm. like you think you think he's like you think I'm gonna turn my back on my family, right? I think he this said is family shit. Like that yeah, he yeah, said this, this is family shit. shit. Yeah, so that was great. But just the just me nitpicking. This is just a small gripe. I just wish they would have stretched it out for one more show. Stretched it out to SmackDown because then didn't uh, Roman say that he had a you know he had to see he had to do something before he before SmackDown. Then he say Jimmy had to. Yeah, he said Jay needed to be back in the fold or he was going to blame Jay. And that's why I liked it. 
I so everybody's like critiquing this storyline, right? And now I I find myself doing it. And you're reading in the stuff that's happening. I look at when Jay was in the ring with Jimmy, I think he gave him a look like I really don't want to be in the bloodline anymore. Like I'm sick of Roman shit. But you're my brother and I'm not going to fuck you over. So I got to go out here to this guy that's got me seeing the light. And I got to wreck his shit because you're my brother. And I don't want you to get in trouble with the tribal chief. I think it's little intricacies like that that make this storyline really fucking good. Um, and I think that's why they couldn't have waited one more show. But I like the fact that they did it on Raw because it seems like everything happens on SmackDown on the pay-per-view. So they finally gave Raw a bone. The fucking crowd reaction was so good. When he hugged Sami Zayn. Excuse me. I feel like watching on TV, I was like, oh my God. He's with Sami Zayn. And then, because I'm a wrestling fan for like 30 years, I saw him back in the super kick range. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you can see him back up a little bit. Like, all right, he's in range now. I was like, oh, shit. But I feel like the crowd was celebrating so much, they didn't even pay attention to it. They were like, fuck yeah, Jay just left the bloodline. And then, boom, heartbreaker. It's so good. This storyline yeah, is... It can't end with Cody. Cody can't win. This man, motherfucker I mean, right here, we- he cannot win. Sorry. I love the guy. One of my favorite I mean, wrestlers. He can't win. It's trending towards that way. Is is Roman going to be on SmackDown? I mean, judging by what he said last week, he said Jay has one week to get back. Or I'm blaming Jimmy. Uh, so there's going to be wanna, there's going to be some kind of. Go ahead. I just thought of, if Roman's going to be on SmackDown, I thought it would have been good, like to have Jay Jay and. Sammy hugging at the end of the show. You think they're all good and then have a tag. You could have Roman and you could have had Roman and uh, Jimmy tag on SmackDown versus Jay and Sammy. Sammy getting his ass beat by Roman and Jimmy the old match. Hot tag. J- then then uh, Jay, boom, kicks Sammy and he beat his ass. But like I said, I'm just nitpicking. It was yeah. still fantastic the way they pulled it off. Because we knew it was going to happen because they got to set this tag team match. Now I'm kind of curious because they still got meat, meat left on the bones as far as setting up the tag team match because from looks of it, you know, uh, KO still ain't messing with Sammy like that. So Yeah. Um, I feel like if I'm writing this, which I'm not, they're doing a damn good job of it, you know, without my critique. I feel like this Friday... Roman's still going to be pissed off at Jay. Like, where the fuck you been? You know? Like, you walked off at the Royal Rumble. You showed up for one tag match. And then the next time we saw you, you stopped me from hitting fucking Sammy with the chair at Elimination Chamber. Like, where you been? And I want Jay to say something like, you know, we've acknowledged you as a tribal chief. But you need to acknowledge us as fucking family. Right? And walk off. And then I want Solo and Jimmy to walk off with him. And Roman be like, what the fuck? Like, where y'all going? Honestly, last night, when the three of them were out there beating the shit out of Sami Zayn 
And then Cody came out to his music in three piece suit. Why they left, I don't know. Um, I felt like Jay just looked like a good leader of that group. It's gonna happen. I don't know when it happens, but Roman's gonna go away eventually. I think Jay needs to be the one to send him away. It started with Jay and it started with Roman. I think it needs to end with Jay and Roman. Cody has nothing to do with this story. I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck about you wanting to win for Dusty Rhodes. You know? I don't care about that. I love Dusty Rhodes. I love Cody. I don't give a fuck about this storyline. I care about the Bloodline storyline. Cody's not the guy to end that. Jay Uso is the guy to end Roman Reigns. He's the guy that started the Bloodline. It started with him. And it needs to end with him. That's more so of a... I think that's more so of a SummerSlam blow-off, though. Yeah. Exactly. Roman keeps the belt at WrestleMania. Jay wins the fucking Money in the Bank. Roman's fighting somebody at SummerSlam. And Jake... I don't even want Jay to, like, beat him fair and square. I want him to cash in. I want Mm. him to do it, like, nasty. And Solo and Jimmy help beat the shit out of Roman. And take the belt from him. You see them putting the undisputed title on Jay like that, uh? Because I, I don't. I can name at least four instances this year where Jay Uso just existing in the WWE universe has got the biggest pops that they've heard. Him walking out for that tag match with Jimmy. Him standing in between Roman and Sami Zayn. Him leaving the ring at the Royal Rumble. Him not being there when Roman beat the shit out of Sami Zayn. They're chanting, we want Jay. I don't know. I think the guy's over. I think they got... I think WWE is doing a really good job of adjusting to what the fans want in this storyline. And for people that have been there all three years of the bloodline storyline, Jay's the guy. Who else you going to put the title on? Romans beat everybody else. You're going to give it to Cody. Cody's got nothing to do with this. He doesn't, but I still have a feeling that's who's going to win the belt. I was going back and forth. Cause like at first I'm like, Roman's going to beat Cody, but as the weeks go by and the way they're rolling Cody out, they're making him look like he could really win the, the title. I Storyline like wise, Roman's going to win at Mania. They're going to have the draft. They're going to take one of the titles off of him. And Jay's going to be the one to beat him for the other title. I don't think Jay's going to be the undisputed champion. I think he's going to be universal champion. See, that, that, that makes sense. If you. Split the titles up in the draft, but I still don't know how they're gonna do that. Like, if Cody were to win, I could see him saying, "This is the one I wanted for my dad," and then SmackDown deserves a champion and then big like that. But I like your way too. If you're gonna make Roman win, then you gotta do it like in the draft or something, make it so where you have like an authority figure take it off of Roman, because he went, you know, he wouldn't willingly give up a belt. I mean, if it meant he was working two days a week, I'm sure he would. Because you know, this tribal chief guy—he's not the—he's not the best for showing up on both shows. <laughs> True, but that's what you got Adam Pearce for to do it, make it uh, 
make it make sense like that. Fuck the storyline is good. There's so many ways they can go with it. That's what I love about it. And it's like people sit there and they fantasy book and they fantasy book and then they get mad when their fantasy booking doesn't come through. Honestly, the only way I would be unhappy is if Cody won. Well, I hope you're bracing yourself because that's a, that's a big possibility. We'll see, and, but like and, you said, and, that's what make that's what makes it good though. Yeah. Not being able to predict it, like that's when wrestling has always been at its best when you don't know what's gonna happen, and then not you know telegraphing the storyline. So I'm happy to see where it moves forward. Just being a fan, like this storyline has made me a fan of wrestling again. Like the drama, the little things, like. There was a part last night on Monday Night Raw. I can't remember. Some, somebody was talking backstage. And in the background, you saw Cody talking to KO. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. I Cody's talking to KO, and KO wasn't trying to hear that shit. I'm guessing Cody's like, man, you need to team up with Sammy. Like, you and Sammy can fucking do the Usos, and I'll take care of Roman. And KO wasn't trying to hear that shit. Little stuff like that. Just, like, paying attention to the details. Like you said. Triple H just got people talking to where you can't do the what chants anymore. Like, WWE's been good for the past year. Vince needs to keep his mustache having ass on somewhere. I, I don't like Triple H. <laughs> I don't like Triple H, but, you know, the booking hasn't been the worst since Triple H has been in charge. We'll see if they can keep the ball rolling. It's easy to get, uh, you know, a lot of enthusiasm uh, garnered up when it's WrestleMania season, where the real work happens, I think, is after WrestleMania season's over. I mean, Triple H took over after WrestleMania, though. He took over at SummerSlam was his first event. Right. So he's had August to now. Mm-hmm. But this has, like, been, you know, like the best part of the Bloodline story is where we're at now. Like, yeah, I mean, the they, bloodline they was some, around for two years before Triple H took over, and it's gotten and, better. It's, that's what I'm saying. It's best right now. Let's see if they can keep it up after WrestleMania. Like, they've had some, like, lows in the bloodline story. We we forget because I mean, yeah, how a, good it is now. You know, Roman was coasting. It's always, He's always been good, but he's coasted for, like, like I didn't want to see him versus Claudio. Or whatever his name Cesaro was back in the day. I'm trying to think how long the NWO was around. And it was trash towards the end. Bloodline's going NWO territory. Yeah, except the NWO wasn't just a faction; it was a storyline, and it went for at least three years before. Yeah, I don't count the fucking NWO, like Japan and when Stevie Ray was in it and all that shit. But, like, NWO main storyline probably went, like, three years. Bloodline's coming up on that. Honestly, I think the Bloodline storyline's just as good as NWO storyline was. It's hard to compare the two just because how innovative the NWO storyline. But the NWO storyline, to me, after after they blew this thing Starcade, it was not good after that. As much as I love the Wolf Pack, like that, if you think about it, that didn't really make sense how they split up like that. They just did it. I think that was a reaction. The Wolf Pack was so dope, though. 
Yeah, I think that was a reaction on how over DX was as a face faction. So and that's what you got with Solo and the Usos. That's your Wolfpack version of the Bloodline. Mm. But yeah, Bloodlines. Like I think overall they've been more consistent telling the story than the NWO because after that year and a half of the NWO, they kind of went down the shitter. Bloodline's been going on for three years, man. Like Roman's been the champ for almost a thousand days. Yeah, we just gotta sit back and enjoy the ride while we I'm have it. I'm ready for WrestleMania. I really yeah. like. It's taking everything in me not to fucking book a flight and go out there and watch that fucking Sunday night at WrestleMania. Speaking speaking of WrestleMania, we got what two more official cars that I mean matches have been made official from yeah. this past night of Raw. We had uh, Seth and Logan finally make it official, and we had Mister Hustle Lorley in respect. What was it? Is that, is that his tagline? I don't know. I might have missed it up. You actually got three matches because you got the triple threat. Uh, you got the trios women's match that was made official on Monday Night Raw. Oh, they did make that official. So three matches. But no. Oh, did they did they announce Edge and Finn Balor officially? I don't know, but I want to say this. I know Bailey was trending worldwide for her pants she was wearing last night. Y'all need to look at EO Sky. That's all I'm gonna say. Hey, go ahead and research and Google it. Um, what do you think about John Cena coming out there, home crowd? I think John Cena is in the Shawn Michaels category with me. I think John Cena's a piece of shit. I'm gonna say that's not good. (laughs) I really do. Like, I think John Cena takes advantage of people when he sees them becoming really good at something. His feud with The Rock, everybody's like, oh, Cena killed The Rock on the microphone. Guess what? If it would have been Montez Ford versus The Rock, they wouldn't have let Montez Ford go out there and say that The Rock wrote his promos down on his wrist. Like, Cena's exposing things from behind the scenes that he's not supposed to. He's not supposed to come out there and say that WWE pumps in crowd noise for Austin Theory. Like, why would you say that? What he did to Damian Sandow. What he did to Rusev. Like, the list goes on and on. People that Cena has completely buried. I think last night was fucked up what he did to Austin Theory. Um, See, I don't have context because... I didn't watch a lot of the Cena run. That's when I wasn't really watching. Um, I saw the, uh, the WWE rivals. You think there was real heat between him and The Rock? Yeah, there definitely was. Rock didn't like Cena, and Cena didn't like The Rock. And that was why they went the way they did. And Rock was pissed when Cena fucking brought up the fact that he was writing this shit down. Rock was not happy about that. Like They almost came to blows from what I understand. And then Cena turns around and becomes The Rock. Yeah, that's the ironic thing about it. <laughs> right, that's the irony. Like, everything you bitched about The Rock doing, you're doing now. But I just, I, I don't know. Like, I hope Austin Theory beats the dog shit out of John Cena at WrestleMania. 
if Cena was uh, supposed to make me not want Austin Theory to win, he did the complete opposite. I am now an Austin Theory fan. This this is something I need to research on my own, but I know Cena had the reputation from burying people, the Super Cena. But there's another thing that he also did is he also tried to pull the curtain back a lot. Again, he did it with The Rock. He did it last night. He said Sandal and Rusev. And he all tried. That, he did it with Roman, like when him and Roman were feuding in like 2017, and they were that. having that little promo, like. Yeah, Cena's he gets away with shit that other people can't get away with and he uses it to his advantage. And I, I don't know. I I'm not feeling it. Mm-hmm. I've never I've never been the biggest Cena fan, so if what you're saying is true, then fuck him. We've seen enough. <laughs> John I mean, Cena sucks. They better chant that shit when he comes out. Also, it, he looked old as fuck last night. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, Austin Theory is talking about his ball spot. <laughs> Peacemaker is really good, though. Yeah, it's a good show. I mean, so what's the end goal for Cena come back? Are they doing this to give Austin Theory the the boost and for Austin Theory to go over it? Because it'd be stupid if Cena wins at WrestleMania. Cena I don't even want it to be a good match, EJ. I want Austin Theory to beat the shit out of John Cena. That's not, you know, that's not gonna happen. The Undertaker did it. It's the Undertaker. It's gonna be, it's gonna be uh, probably like ten minutes. Yeah, I just as long as Austin Theory wins, I think, I think they get what it they need to get done done. He. <laughs> Yeah, he kind of, he did kind of bury him some last night. He's saying if he wins, if he wins, it's like a lose-lose situation. For How does that even make sense? <laughs> Wait, I beat John Cena at WrestleMania. Mount Rushmore John Cena. The motherfucker that ruled WWE for 10 years. I beat this guy at WrestleMania. How is that a lose-lose for me? He's, he's setting up the crowd to turn on him, the neck, the rafter. If anything, yeah. I think it's a win-win for Theory. If he loses to John Cena, he lost to John fucking Cena. If he beats John Cena, he beat John fucking Cena. <laughs> like, I don't understand Cena's logic. Yeah, that didn't really make sense to me. But we'll see. The The card is finally starting to shape up to be a good one. Like you said, it's kind of tempting to maybe get a ticket and fly out there. <laughs> He ain't even the best John that came back this weekend. John Jones is the fucking best John that came back this weekend. He he wasn't a uh, he wasn't even a third best John uh, making appearance. John Moxley got lynched on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to not, not like John Moxley. Like all the blood, just like <laughs> he's my guy, but I'm I'm over it. Like get out of here. That's all I got, EJ. You got anything else you want to talk about before we get up out of here? Oh, man. When another hour and 30 minutes, we pretty much covered everything. But like I said, I'm excited. WrestleMania season. Well, we're like five weeks away. Should I reveal the uh, WrestleMania t-shirt week prize? Yeah, let's do it. I feel like we need a drum roll for this. I don't have a <laughs> drum roll, but I also don't have it with 
I'll do it next week. I'll be prepared. All right. All right. Next week, I will reveal the WrestleMania T-shirt week prize. Um, we're going to try to do this one bigger and better than we ever have. If you don't know, WrestleMania T-shirt week is the Monday before WrestleMania all the way through WrestleMania. As many wrestling T-shirts as you have, pick your favorite ones. And every day you post on Twitter and you hashtag WrestleMania T-shirt week and then tag Boots of the Face in it. We want to litter social media with wrestling T-shirts the week leading up. I have a way that I'm going to pick the winner and I'm not going to tell anybody because I don't want anybody to cheat. But I have a way that I'm going to pick the winner and the winner is going to win a very exclusive action figure that the WWE put out in the past year. That's all I'll say. Next week, I'll reveal what that prize is. Stay tuned. That was a tease. Yeah. So I'm ex- I love WrestleMania T-shirt week. It's one of my favorite things to do every year. Other people have tried to copy it and make it a month long or whatever. But I've been doing WrestleMania t-shirt week since before I knew Hulk Hogan was racist because Hulk Hogan was actually the first WrestleMania t-shirt week thing that I did. I had a Hulkamania shirt because I was Hogan for Halloween one year, EJ. Oh, man, that didn't age well. At all. Hated the guy, but he was easy to dress up for for Halloween. <laughs> I got a Hulkamania shirt and a fucking title and put a do rag on. Like it was the easiest thing in the world. But that's how long we've been doing WrestleMania T-shirt week since before we knew Hulk Hogan was a racist. Um, so WrestleMania T-shirt week is coming up. WrestleMania is coming up. Uh, NXT's got a really good show going on right now that I haven't even turned on. Gigi Dolan versus JC Jane. Um, it was just roadblock. Yeah, there's just good shit happening right now. Uh, AEW, I'm hoping they can follow up that great pay-per-view they had on on Sunday. Uh, so we'll watch that tomorrow. If you don't got anything else, EJ, we'll get the fuck up out of here. Yep, let's mosey on out. All right. Um, for EJ Reed, I'm Chris Rucker. This has been Boots to the Face. Tune in next Tuesday night, EPM. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch.tv. Until then, peace. It's the crew of the year that you're loving to hate. If you fucking with the team, you catch a boot to the face. Rebound from the boot, I hit the Irish whip. Don't be mad, cause we know your podcast ain't shit. Stop hating, motherfucker. You know he the man. RJ gon' hit you with that ringside rant. 